Hi, this is Angie Meadows and Billy Roble. We are here with Rocker Recovery, the second book called Overcoming Torment. Last week, we talked about the torment and mind cycle. This week, we're going to start with the exact same wound, the wounded, wound of being offended. Um, and we're going to go all the way around the cycle as to what God's word says for us to do when we become offended. Because we're always going to pick up an offense. We're always we're always going to have something that's coming at us that, that hurts us or wounds us or reminds us of something in the past or that we're overreacting to or just downright wrong and we're going to be offended. And the word offense in the Bible means stumble. So we don't want to be stumbling. So we want to see what God says for us to do. So last week it was the offense and then fretting, anger, bitterness, revenge thinking, anxiety, depression, and we'd end up in a tormentor's prison. So this week, I want you to see where you're going to end up because you're going to end up a lot different place. So let me screen share. If you are on the podcast, it's Rocker Recovery. If you're on the YouTube, it's Angie G Meadows, and you'll be able to see the PDF screen shared. If you want a copy of the PDF, it is on my website, enablersjourney.com, and the book has also been published now on Amazon, Amazon Books. Uh, it's Rocker Recovery, Overcoming Torment. And so let's get started here, Belly. Why don't you kick us off with lesson cool. two, Unwinding the Tormented Thinking. Sure. We start with an offense, uh, and it's a verse, Loving God's Law, and then it leads to praying for the enemy, uh, Matthew 5, uh, purpose to forgive, which is in Matthew and Ephesians. We'll be looking at some of these verses closely. Uh, refuse to re replay the offense. Uh, to be careful. To be quiet. To rededicate our mind to God. Something that's very necessary, especially when we're offended. Um, rock, hinds feet. Uh, to repent. To rest. Uh, to wait. Uh, super important is to wait and to accept peace. Okay, keep going. Sure. The introduction, there's no reason for any of us to carry an offense until we recognize we are tormented. We will not know we are offended and, ha and have unraveling work to do. Uh, let's discuss the spiritual life skills you need to become a mature believer in the wake of torment. There is a precept, principle, statute, commandment, or life example to guide all our decisions in the Bible. Scripture says in 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yes, and that's 2 Timothy 3.16. And the really interesting thing, Billy, is that when the Lord delivers us, he delivers us with salvation, but it's also mental salvation where he recovers our mind and he helps us to, to be delivered from torment. There is no reason if we're walking with Christ that we need to carry offenses and torment. Uh, we can be free from that and we can, we can walk in peace and in quietness and be able to enjoy our days. And so, yeah. yeah. So I want to start with number one, offense. We are starting with the same offense that was in the tormented mind cycle, but this time we will overcome the offense through the word of God. And in Psalms 119, 164, and 165, it says, seven times a day, I will praise you for your righteous laws. Great peace have they that love your law and nothing shall make them stumble. So whenever I um, 
feel myself being offended. I kind of hear that obsessing starting that little, he sh said, she said they did, you know, why would they? How dare they? <laughs> why have the, whenever I hear oh, yeah. that, then I, I'm like, whoa, whoa, I'm taking an offense. So instead, I want to say, no, I love God's law more than I love being offended. And if I still can't get on top of it, Billy, then I go to the secret in the verse above it, which is that 164 that says, seven times a day, I will praise you. So I just start praising God. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're teaching me here. Because you know what? He's teaching me a lesson and I can either get it this mm -hmm. time or I can go back around this bush. <laughs> sure. And it happens a lot, especially with us in recovery. We yeah. repeated failures and God continues to bring us back to that place where he says, no, I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this to obey me. And yeah. So do you want to, you want to talk about number one? Sure. I mean, I, I mean, I've been offended. I can be offended every day. Um, <laughs> it just depends how I'm looking really. It, it really depends on how I'm seeing things and how I'm living and what I'm choosing to see or what not to see. I have a lot of unhealthy people in my life. And I think those coming into recovery or trying to walk this road to recovery, even if you're not, I mean, it's, it's obvious that there's unhealthy people in the world, you know, um, and not all of them understand this, nor do they want to. So we have to live life on life's terms, which means is we're going to be offended and, you know, people are going to do us wrong. And some of it's even righteous. Some of it's even right. It's not even we're making up an offense. Sometimes people do us wrong. But the reality is, is how we're going to deal with it. Are we going to allow it to torment right. us? Are we going to allow it to drive us into those places where we make poor decisions? And, um, and a lot of times we do. You know, when we don't deal with it healthy, we make poor decisions. And then we hurt others. We hurt ourselves. And the cycle continues. Yeah, we want, to, we want to learn how to move through an offense really quickly. Not that, like you said, not that we're not going to be offended, but that we're going to be able to get on top of that where it doesn't dominate our day with an oppressive attitude or something that causes us to be moody and, and sulky and, and go back into old patterns. Instead, sure. we, want to, we want to look at this cycle and we want to say, no, wait a minute, I need some skills to be able to overcome this offense. Mm -hmm. So we've already learned two, one, that we're going to love God's law more than we love being offended. And two, we're going to start praising God. So go to number two and let's see what our next uh, skill could be. The next skill would be to pray for your enemy. And scripture says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's found in Matthew 5, 44. And that's something that we learn in recovery circles as well. Um, this just isn't, it is biblical, obviously, but it's even taught in recovery circles. Like you have to pray for your enemies. You know, we, we can't be resentful people. A resentment will take us back quicker than anything. You know, we can't handle righteous anger, any kind of anger. It just doesn't keep us in that, that state of mind we need to be to, to grow, really our faith and recovery um, it's not easy praying for your enemy is not easy but i think with the help of god and when you're really in touch with your own forgiveness and your own shortcomings and that god continues to forgive you it's a lot easier to forgive somebody else when you're aware of your own shortcomings you know i also think that if i'm not uh, forgiving others that it's kind of a little wound and it's kind of like a little crack uh, where the enemy can kind of seep in and get a little claw in there to kind of keep me out of balance for the day. Yeah, absolutely. 
just recently, real quick, you know, in regards to a relationship, I was, you know, praying that morning and I just felt God say to me, you know, in scripture, it says, you know, if you have an offense with a brother to go lay it down, like go to go deal with that and then come back. So I think God is, is saying constantly, especially in that meditation part where I'm trying to hear what God's telling me. Because I, I want to know if I'm offending God. Is there anything in my life that's standing in the way of my usefulness for you? Is there anything that's getting in your way of using me? And, and sometimes that stuff will come up where it's, hey, what about so-and-so? You know, you need to go make this right. And, and there's a lot more to it than that. But God wants us to, to really be listening to him. You know, and uh, I think when we do that, God opens you know, doors for us to continue to minister. And right. Walk in. I think when there's something between me and the Lord, I, I feel like my prayers are blocked. I feel like I can't, my, it's like my tongue's tied and I have difficulty praying. So I know sure. when I get with the Lord and I do that number three, I purpose to forgive. But if you mm. do not forgive others their sins, then your father will not forgive you your sins. So Matthew mm. 15 and then. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate one to another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. So when mm -hmm. I'm starting to release things and forgive, then it's like, now I can pray. <laughs> so I almost yeah. have to cry out to God and say, help me, help me to forgive them. Help me to release this. Help me to pray for them because this is bigger than me. I can't do this. Yeah, I remember sometimes they say like, if you have a resentment or anger or an offense to somebody, they might not even know it. And here we are. I mean, it really holds us captive, doesn't it? And, and yeah. it really holds us in our own little prison. I mean, they might not even be aware that they've done anything. And here we are. It could ruin our whole day, ruin our whole week, cause us to act out on our wife, on our kids. Yep. I mean, it just causes so much damage. And God's like, well, you know, like get this off you. you know, there's no reason to be carrying this around. And that's what I realize is it's needless weight. Yeah. I don't think a lot of us know that we have the authority to get rid of this. I think we, right. think if it hits, we got to, we got to think it through and try to get a resolution at the end instead of just realizing sometimes there's just no resolution to some of this stupid stuff. You just no. got to catch and let it go. And so no. what I, what I end up doing is this number four, if I'm not careful, I end up replaying what just happened. Mm until it's yeah. really exaggerated and then if mm -hmm. there's stuff i haven't dealt with in that same area it will start to mount so mm -hmm. whenever i've realized i've had an offense i want to listen to my thinking am i replaying this because if i am it's getting power over me you want to read that's, that yeah, what you meditate on is what you're going to think about i mean yeah you want to read that verse in number four Sure. Um, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5. So look at that. We take captives. That means we're, we're in a battle. Mm -hmm. This is war. And if you want... Yeah, and the enemy loves to use... Like I said, the enemy loves to use anything he can to get us to say no to God, yes to ourselves, yes to the world, um, and especially uses these types of offenses and, and people and relationships and broken things. And I mean, life is filled with them. And if he can get us to focus on them, I mean, then we live defeated, really. Right. We're so, constantly living in the problem. We're saying we need to live in the solution and not the problem. Amen. The solution amen. Is, 
really realizing this and, and beginning to take captive those thoughts. I think that's a command. We need to take captive. We have to, we need to do that. We need to make it obedient to Christ, which means we have to apply God's word to our life with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course, but we need yeah. to do some of this. I call that my mental gym where I go. literally go to the gymnasium of my mind and I literally become strong enough to cast mm. out those thoughts that I don't want to think yeah. that are not serving me well, that are not going to lead to a good and healthy place. And instead I start doing number five and I start being thankful. And because it says the Lord is near and oh man, that little verse has just comforted me so many times. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And that's Philippians four, five and six or chapter four, five and six. And, and I just think that that gratefulness can break the power that the enemy tries sure to, to wield over us. Yeah, I can't tell you how many how many recovery meetings I've been in where the topic's on gratitude because that gets you right out of your stinking thinking right away. You know, I mean, like I said, we all have something we can look at and say, man, why is this happening? But if we really take an honest look at our lives, there is a lot to be grateful for. There is. I mean, a there lot is. of times the fact that we're even sitting in a meeting or, or I'm sitting on this Zoom meeting, I know where I was years ago. You know, here I am doing this. Um, so in light of even circumstances that don't appear great at the moment um, there's always gratitude especially with knowing where we came from so here's my next skill number six if i still can't get on top of this and i'm still it, like every time i have passive thinking it's coming back you know i get on top of it and then i'm just relaxed and it's coming back then i need to practice number six which is being quiet be still and know that I am God, Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. And sometimes I get a little saying like that, kind of like they do with AA. I get, you know, uh, let God, let go and let God. You know, I kind of get yeah. a little saying like, be still, just be still mm -hmm. and know that I am mm -hmm. God. And, and, and that I'm not God and he knows what sure. he's doing and he, and he's bigger than me and, and he can take care of this and this is no big deal for him. And, and I, I, one time, one time I was, um, I was wrestling with the Lord over something and I was just whining in my head and I, I keep my Bible open on the counters while I'm doing dishes or, or, uh, cooking and, and I flipped open to Job and it says, you speak like a foolish woman. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> I was like, thank you, Lord, because that's what I'm doing. I'm speaking just like a foolish woman. I mean, I was just like, Lord just rebuked me. <laughs> but it stopped it because I was like, he's right. I'm just being yeah. foolish. So that, that was really, that was a, a, a rebuke from the Lord right there out of scripture. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you want to hit number seven? Sure. Uh, rededicate your mind to God. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. And that's in Hebrews chapters 4, verses 6 and 7 and 9 and 10. How? It says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly, meekly accept the word planted, 
or engrafted in you, which can save you. And that's James 1, 21. Um, I love that. You know, rededic rededicating your mind to God's, I mean, it might mean that we go off track. We might dwell on the offense for a second. We're not going to get this perfect. I love the saying in, in the rooms where it says progress, not perfection. Although we don't use it as an excuse to live in sin, it means that there's opportunities for growth. And especially when you've been living 30, 40, 20 years in one way, in one mindset, this just doesn't all, this takes work. And God yeah. is patient. But it, it's yeah. great that when we do get to this place, we can rededicate our mind to him and say, look, Lord, I know I've, I might have even dwelt on this for a little longer than I should have, but I'm choosing to, to be quiet, to be thankful, to rededicate my mind to you, continue to renew my mind, help me to be obedient. I love that verse where it says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Because we, that tells me, you have a choice. Billy, you have a choice. I bring something to your attention, an offense that you need to deal with, or that, you know, let me deal with it. You just rest. Um, if I choose to go down that path, he lets me. He's going to let me do that. God doesn't, I learned he doesn't stand in front of me and say, no, I mean, he can, but he, a lot of times he lets me walk down those roads. And then I come back and I'm like, oh man, why did I do that? It ruined my whole day. You know, and yeah. really just, it's like a child, you know, um, I just need to continue to get to that place of surrender. And I know that it's safe in God's hands, far safer in his hands than it is in my own. That's right. And so what I want to pull out from this is that if I am walking in my own works and I'm anxious that I'm not only disobedient, but it gives the enemy the material to harden my heart. Because mm. remember how Pharaoh's it said, and Pharaoh was stubborn and God hardened his heart and Pharaoh was stubborn and God hardened right. his heart. So if I'm doing my own works and I'm not, I'm anxious and I'm not resting, then I'm not in the will of God. So any place that I come to that I'm not resting, I have to say, hmm, how am I going to rest? Well, I'm going to rest by stopping or ceasing from my own works. So when I'm anxious over something, it's because I'm trying to force it. I'm trying to d dominate it, control, manipulate, fix it. And if I'm in the path of the Lord, I'm walking in peace. I don't have that. I don't have that anxiety. I love that. And to engraft the word of God means that I'm going to meditate on that. I'm not going to meditate on my problems or my troubles. I'm going to meditate on the beauty of God's word right before me. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to number eight. Sure. Rock a hind's feet. I cause my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's found in Psalm 61, verses 2. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Habakkuk 3.19. So the really cool thing about the Habakkuk 3.19 is 16 through 19 in those verses, is it's talking about how there's, there's no figs, there's no fruit on the vine, there's no there's no oxen, there's no sheep, there's no herds, there's no, there's no food. The enemies come in, they've trampled it all down, but I am going to choose to let the joy of the Lord be my strength. I'm going to choose mm -hmm. to do that by praising him. So even when sure. things look really ugly, if I praise the Lord for it, all of a sudden I get a vision for what God's doing in my life through this. Mm -hmm. You know, well, it says there, he enables me to tread on the heights, which really you're, you're, 
division is you're above the issue. You're above you're, the problem. Amen. Amen. You've got that little goat's feet going up into the mountain and you're above your circumstances. <laughs> yeah, yeah I love that. Higher ground, higher than your emotions, higher, mm. much higher. And I think that's where we need to live is higher than our Absolutely. Without a doubt, we have to live. If we let our emotions control us, we're in trouble. Right, right. So let's go to number nine. Number nine is to repent. It says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's in Matthew 4, 17. So and that the, means turn. Repent means to turn away. So I'm um, an offense. I turn away from it. Doesn't mean I don't acknowledge it. Doesn't mean that I, because that's, it's safe to acknowledge something. I don't think this is, we're saying here, hey, block it out completely. Don't pay attention. Some things it's, it's, I do need to look at it, take an honest look at it, but then I don't, then I, then I make a correct choice. You know, um, right. some, some people are unhealthy. Some people do do us wrong, um, but I need to not be offended and live in the offense. That's the difference here. Amen. And for me, repenting is turning away from it, turning back to him and not allowing whatever it is that happened to, to control me. So the thing that intrigues me about this verse is the words kingdom of heaven. Because as I've been reading my Bible this year, those words just keep coming over and over again. And Jesus says, and the kingdom of heaven has come into you and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And oh, one of these days I really got into, get into a deep study about what is the kingdom of heaven? I mean, obviously it's really great. It's really cool that I really want. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to, so awesome. we're going to do number 10. We're going to rest and trust in the Lord. That this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. Isaiah 30, 15. Amen to that. So there is strength that comes in quietness and trusting. And if I'm not repenting and resting, I don't, there's not a, there's not a, there's not a salvation from this mental torment. So I think my salvation is not just a salvation for the future, for heaven, sure. but a salvation now from my Absolutely. flesh and my fleshly thinking. Yeah, I always, that was a big thing I learned a long time ago. Salvation wasn't just a ticket to heaven. That That's was right. something God wanted me to experience now. And I love that too, because when you, you're saying in quietness, I mean, when addicts, if you work with anybody in recovery, any, they're anything but quiet. And, they're, and they might be quiet on the external, but as far as the voices in their head, I mean, how many people you talk to, I can't sleep, I'm tossing and turning. We come into this really loud. Everything is extremely loud in our life. So it takes a lot of discipline to get to that place of quietness. It where does. you can rest in that and be in peace and not have to, you'll hear a lot of people say, well, nothing was going on. And I like to be in chaos. Addicts have this, like, we like chaos for some reason. We love being in, in that chaotic type of mindset and environment. And God doesn't want us to live there. You know? No, That's I where think... the enemy wants us to live. But God doesn't want us to live there. No I think way. that's a roller coaster trap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we want to wait on the Lord. So a lot of times we just don't know what to do. So when you don't know what to do, I want you just to wait. Don't make any rash, quick decisions to run. You know, if you mm -hmm. feel like, oh, what's going on right now isn't working. I need to run. Don't, don't run until you have a plan. Until you know where you're going and you know what you're doing, don't leave the stability that you have. 
for mm -hmm. something that's unknown and unstable unless you're being you know abused and then of course seek out shelters and places where you can go where you are safe but make that plan so that you know where you're going and you go from one unstable environment not to one that's more unstable but to one that's uh, maybe not optimal but has some stability and strength to move you forward into the ground that is solid so mm -hmm. sometimes we just need to wait on the lord you want to read that verse sure it says uh, that, but they that wait or hope upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's found in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 31. I love that verse. Yeah, I once heard a story about mounting up on wings of eagles. And it was talking about how the mama eagle, she kicks her babies out of the nest, but then she flies down underneath them because they can't fly yet. So she right. flies down underneath them and mounts them up on her wings and brings them back up. Yeah, so, cool. yeah. <laughs> so I have the picture of that in my mind that when I'm waiting on him and I'm just like this, there's just no good resolution to the circumstance. Mm -hmm. I, but I, I just don't have the freedom to really like blow it all up and change everything right now. I don't have the power to do that. I, I've just got circumstances that are yucky and, and it's okay. I just know that if I'm just waiting upon the Lord in prayer, in thanksgiving, in praise, man, he's coming up underneath me and he's mounting me up and he's taking me to high places. Sure. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, number 12. 12, accept peace. Uh, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. And that's a choice to accept God's peace, you know, and it just doesn't come. I mean, it comes through action on our part, I think, you know, where we, we make a choice to be grateful. We make a choice to uh, be quiet and still before God. And really, that's our action. That's our action of accepting peace. And that's why God came. He certainly didn't come for us to live um, in chaos and torment. But uh, don't you think that that takes the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to walk in that kind of peace? Absolutely. Yes. So if you're struggling today, trying to find peace, then ask the Lord to send you his Holy Spirit to just dwell in your heart. And, to be, and you know, when Jesus prays for us in John 17, he says, Lord, let them be one with us as you and I are one. So we can be one with the Father and with Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, it's good that I go to the Father because I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send mm -hmm. you the Holy Spirit. And he's mm -hmm. going to comfort you and teach you and guide you in all things. And I just mm -hmm. think sometimes we think we're alone and we're not. We can have that precious Holy Spirit to guide us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, let's go for the exercise. Exercise. If we are offended, we will stumble. Recognize when you are offended and forgive quickly. You may become offended quicker if it is an old trauma wound that is being triggered. Go back and uncover the original offense and release the person or circumstance to God through the following, the unwinding, the tormented thinking. Yeah, that's, that's pretty clear. You just sometimes, and in the next book is the overcoming trauma, and we'll talk about these old trauma wounds and how to recognize them. But for now, we're going to move on through this lesson. It's uh, with the application. 
The fear of the Lord is the foundation to release hidden treasures for us to find. And if you look for it as silver and search for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God in Proverbs 2, 4, and 5. And here's some maturity skills that I found when I was searching the word. To sing and to have joy and to have grace. And singing is just you can't be you can't be mad and singing at the same time. <laughs> my right. my kids used to be growly and grumpy at five o'clock, and if I'd turn on music, they'd start singing, and they were no they couldn't be fussing at each other anymore while they were singing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Psalms one hundred two says, "Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs." And then joy Psalm uh, sixteen verse eleven says, "You make known to me the path of life." You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Wow. So being in the presence of the Lord is joy. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn how to quiet ourselves enough where we can get into his presence. And a lot of times I think we need to give ourselves grace so that uh, grace is like, uh, I heard a definition say that it's unmerited favor and God always extends to us his grace and the new testament is the age of grace and i think we need to be gracious to ourselves when we are stumbling and and offending others but we need to go back and be gracious and apologize and we need to be gracious to others that are offending us and then we need mm -hmm. to be gracious to ourselves to not expect sure. more of ourselves than what we're capable of giving sure so see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to trouble and defile many in Hebrews 12, 16. So if I, if I am still after all this going around this cycle, doing this work, if I'm still stuck, then what I've done is resisted the grace of God. Cause this, you know, sometimes it's horrible things that's happened to you. It's a molestation. It's something that's gone, that's clung to you. Somebody's murdered your loved one or somebody's overdosed that you love dearly and whatever it is has stuck to you so bad that it's suffocating you and it's tormenting you and you can't get free from it. Well, I want you to know that you just reach out for the grace of God mm -hmm. and that grace can come and cover that. And that yeah. is more powerful than I than anything that I can think of. Sure. Yeah. And that's not to say that you're not going to grieve if something happens to you. I've, you know, there were some trauma and abuse issues that happened in my life when I was nine years old. Um, and, and we're not saying, hey, forget about that. Don't acknowledge it. We're saying, no, acknowledge it. Look at it. Allow God to love you through it. Um, God wants us to look at those things, but he doesn't want them to control us. No. Um, they take his peace away. They steal joy from us. That's right. Um, he wants to give us those things. And really, I always said, well, people, you hear people say, well, why doesn't God just take you through that? Or why doesn't God just take that away? And my response is, well, I've learned his grace through him taking me through things. That's right. And his love has made, been made evident in my own life through going through abuse issues, through thinking clearly about those things, um, using God's word, really looking at this from his side of things. Um, and it's just made God's grace more apparent to me as I've walked through those issues. 
Well, and Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, man, we've despaired unto death. You know, this has happened and that's happened and this is that. But it, it's all good because it, God's comforted us and now we know how to comfort you. So as Absolutely. soon as you get on top of it, as soon as you get through a trial and yeah. you've mourned for it, you've grieved for it, you've released it, you've went through these steps, you, it has no more power over you. Now you're free from it. I want you to turn around and see who's yeah. around you that's got that same sort of bondage and now you know how to get them free that's why i always tell people you have a story and there's people you can reach that i cannot reach we all have a story and god uses those broken pieces to reach others that's right there's it's going to make a beautiful mosaic isn't it it sure does a beautiful tapestry Mm -hmm. for the glory of god all right Mm -hmm. go for the principle billy the principle freedom from mental torment is work so this takes work we have to train our mind and thinking to think right thoughts try it for a day The harder it is to think right thoughts, the more desperately I need to learn the mental gymnastics of great thinking. This (laughs) takes discipline. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have to write it out in front of me and it's all I'm going to (laughs) think. And I have to keep calling myself back. So in the conclusion, Um, okay, you got something to say? I was just going to say, I'm glad you said that because it does take training. This isn't, and Paul talks about being in training a lot and we're running a race. We're not in a... Uh, uh, we're not running fast. We're in a marathon. This is a journey, you know, and God, you know, doesn't expect us, you know, to be one way one day and all of a sudden the next day we're, we're doing this perfectly. I mean, the reality is some of this is really difficult, but as you begin to practice this and do it, you realize the next, the, the, the hundredth offense two years from now isn't going to have the same weight that it carried two years before. So just to encourage people that, hey, this doesn't look easy and it's, no, this isn't like microwave. It, it isn't instantaneous. But the more that you practice this, the more that you live in this, you know, six months, nine months from now, you're going to be dealing with offenses in a whole different way. And once you train yourself, your mind, you allow God's word to renew your mind, you begin living in this light instead of that. And you realize this isn't as difficult the next time an offense happens because we know what to do. We've already trained ourselves and trained our mind to think these right thoughts, which is pretty well, awesome. Well, I think the key word that you said there was practice. Mm-hmm. This is going to take practice. This is just like if you were going out for a football team, you're going to go to practice. You're going to go right. work out in the gym in the morning and you're going to be on the field in the, in the afternoon. You're going to be practicing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to yep. be hard work. So in conclusion, yep. there are things we need to think about, but not until they have control over our emotions. The thoughts that particularly need reined in are obsessive, tormenting thoughts about circumstances or situations that we cannot change or control. Mm-hmm. Billy, give us that. Yes, scripture. sure. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. That is Psalm 18.2. Well, you just got to love the Psalms. Yeah, we, I do. Lord, there's just no way that we can walk in the spirit without your help, Lord. Help us to live above our emotions and to obey your word. And as we develop these skills, let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And that's Romans 8, 1 and Philippians 4, 7. And if you don't know what to pray, just turn the scriptures around and pray those scriptures. And so I have a Amen. couple of optional scales here for you to do with your group so that they can have a thought test. 
uh, in Philippians, it says, are my thoughts true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, with virtue, and worthy of praise, in Philippians 4, 8, refuse all evil and unproductive thinking. And one time, mm. I put this little chart next to my sink, and every time I would catch myself thinking things that were not healthy, I would run it through that little te thought test, and I'd say, ha. Huh, it doesn't pass the test. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty easy, huh? Get out. I was like, okay, <laughs> buddy. Why, you're not passing Pretty simple. Test. Yeah. That's right. I love it. Yeah. We complicate things. We love to complicate stuff, and that right there would, would eliminate a lot of complicated thinking. Yeah, so cut that, you know, make a copy of that, cut that out, stick that on your fridge, stick that somewhere where you can see that, and just put things through that mm -hmm. test. I mean, you know, we test things all the time. So if that thought right. doesn't pass a test, poof, it's out of here. <laughs> yeah, get rid of it. Okay, Billy, go through this mental torment scale. I'll always, never, or sometimes I want you to evaluate yourself on how much torment you are in. And if you are always saying always, then it's likely you've got a lot of torment that you want to unravel and that you want to deal with. Okay, go ahead. Uh, repeating. Number one is repeating offenses in my head day and night. Uh, two, it's not my fault. Rationalizing or justifying, we're great at doing that. Uh, three, wounded emotionally, fretting, crying, depression, anger, etc. Four, why don't they like me? Uh, man pleaser or people pleaser. Five, they are always mean, all or nothing words. Six, making accusations and excuses. He did, she did, they did. Uh, number seven, I should have said, uh, building a case to defend our bitterness and anger, justifying that. Uh, number eight, I will never do such and such again, bow making. Uh, we're good at that. Uh, number nine, manipulated with others' emotions, bullying, threatening, nagging, pleading, and crying. Uh, ten, manipulating others with your emotions, bullying, threatening, nagging, pleading, and crying. Uh, Eleven, fear of man, making decisions based upon being fearful of displeasing another. Twelve, playing the victim, uh, triangulating others to take an offense with you against another. <laughs> so yeah. a bunch of those going on and I, I think I wrote this so I you can see that I've had all 12 of these going on sometimes in my life yeah but, mm -hmm. you know you just you can't live there it's very painful it's a lot of suffering it takes work. work I mean I'm thinking you're saying it takes work to live on this side of things but when I read that and I'm like wow that takes a lot of work too it's so we're putting in the work I mean, I hear a lot of people say, oh, I can't do that. It's too hard or it's so difficult to do this. But it's like you're already doing the work. You're just doing it in the wrong side of things. This takes right. so much effort to do all this. It does. And, and if we live wrong. in that, oh, I mean, we have yeah. no time to do anything. Right. We're not living in victory at all. Right. So why not choose to live on the other side of things? Right. <laughs> so this was the Rocker Recovery. This was lesson two in the second book overcoming torment and we have three or four lessons that are coming up on more skills on how not to be offended because i really think that it's going to take some time and some focus for several weeks to learn how not to take offense so if you didn't get it today it's okay just come back come back next time <laughs> we'll just keep we certainly on. triggered their their thinking now for I sure did, yeah because a lot of times yeah. you just don't even recognize that you're taking an offense it's just so mm -hmm. natural because we've grown up that way and yep. everybody around yep. us was grumbling and complaining. And, and, you know, when you hear that grumbling and complaining, buddy, you know you're taking an offense. <laughs> mm -hmm. so I yep. think it, it would be pleasing to the Lord for us to change our grumbling and complaining to praising and gratefulness. <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. So this is Angie Meadows and Billy Robel. Yeah, and we enjoyed your having you today, and we pray that you come back again and that um, you get on top of all this and that you have a happy, healthy life. And we will see you later. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Billy.